0: Hello and welcome back to Hot Topics with Hot Chocolate. you're Ryan and Elijah, we're here back with you today, and we are so excited to be back. Um, it's been a long two weeks.
1: It has been. Yeah, it
0: has, it has been. Well, um, you know, last Sunday was Easter Sunday, and uh, you had a really busy day at work, so we didn't end up doing it that. And same thing with the last Sunday, we just got super busy, so we apologize for um, the delay in yep, the podcast. Being but absent, but yeah. we're still here. But we're so glad to be back with you guys, and we're so uh, we're so pumped to be here. Um, before we get started. We had a question from one of our viewers. Um, Let's see if I can pull it up here. His name is uh, Mr. Cosmics. He says, What are your best selling products and how do you find profitable
1: items or what numbers do you run to find a listing price? So, okay. Well, I guess I can answer the first part of like uh, finding the best selling products. Mm -hmm. I just, I like snacks. So I just go with whatever I think honestly is going to sell. Um obviously when they come up with like limited edition items, those are gonna sell, you know, a lot more than it's your basic basic items. You know, right? your yeah. basic items. So example, um you have your regular Mountain Dew. You might get one sale every week or so on regular Mountain Dew, but then when they come up the flaming hot we sold 20, 25, 12 packs in like three days. Yeah. You and know, we're going to like average a 10 sales a day for like a week straight.
0: Yeah. And you got to make sure you hop on the trends. So if you see, mm-hmm. you know, we do a lot of research online as well. Like we're always on Instagram. We're on, you know, it's mostly Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. So you go through the Instagram, you look up foodie and you see hashtag foodie, right? And then you go through all the different foodie pro uh, pages and you just see what's going on. And we follow a lot of, of those different pages And you're going to see different items that are hot that are coming out. And once you realize those are coming out, you need to buy them, jump on them, list them, do whatever, Mm -hmm. because they're really only going to be hot for about a week. And then after that, like, yeah, if you're you're not going to sell it easily, you just, um, you just missed out a couple hundred bucks. Exactly. Exactly. So, and other than that, I mean, if you're walking around the store and I guess if you're using eBay, like we use uh, a lot, Mm -hmm. um, there's a little feature where you can, uh, scan the barcode. If you don't know how to do that, look it up and, uh, you can basically scan every item and see. How popular it is, you know, the and don't just look at the listing prices, look at the sold, um, completed items that will show you, like, if, what's it's, been actually selling. if it's, selling. it's actually selling, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, about because
1: there can be 200 listings of something, but if no one's buying it, exactly, why would you pay for it? But yeah, you know?
0: Mr. Cosmics, just buy new stuff, you know. Get you know searched up on eBay before you buy it. Um, don't buy too much of the inventory. You know, look at the expiration date, especially in Most chips. Definitely don't buy you know twenty Me bags of chips. Our lesson the first time. Yeah, you we, know, get we a bought lot
1: of, a lot of uh what do we buy? We bought a lot of like cupcakes.
0: Yeah, a lot of stuff that expires. You know, yeah, in a really couple months that we it didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Exactly, didn't sell fast enough. So yep. gotta be aware of that. But all right, well, um, we have a guest to introduce today. Um, he goes by Papa Jay. And uh, <laughs> he's a super interesting person. And, uh, yeah, so, Jay, if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself. You're uh, in a business, real estate, um, you know, and what I take from it is you were uh, you came here when you were 18, right? Correct. Correct, okay. And yeah, we're, and what, uh, what country are you from?
2: Born and raised in Kuwait.
0: Kuwait, okay. And uh, for our viewers, where is Kuwait?
2: Is in, uh, basically in the Middle East.
0: Okay. Part so of the
2: six Gulf countries.
0: Okay. So pretty close to the U.S., huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, I guess, you know, I'm going to ask you just like, you know, what, or why did you come to America? I mean, I I, I think Kuwait's pretty beautiful and amazing. It, so. it is.
2: I came in originally in 1989 as a student, foreign student. And the year follow my first year in college in California, obviously the invasion of Kuwait. So... Then I relocated to Michigan because I have family in Michigan. And then I got into business because I've had passion for business. So therefore, that took me to my next stage in my life where uh, I start launching businesses,
0: basically. Okay, so you're a business person. You have a lot of business experience. What was the first business you opened?
2: The first business we were doing is uh, cars. Consulting on cars, shipping them overseas. That's okay. A, that's in the early 90s.
0: Wow. So were you one of the first pe- businesses to start doing that, or how did you even get the idea of the shipping cars?
2: Well, I, I, first of all, I have passion about cars, number one. Number two, there was people asking me about there's certain cars being demanded in the, in the Gulf region, like such as muscle cars or certain collectible cars. So I would make the, the <coughs> leads. I would connect the people. Okay. Know that's how i started my network business. so you did a
0: lot of networking
2: i did a lot of networking and originally when i did it it wasn't for a financial it was more of learning the trend and learning the the fields and understanding the concept
0: did you have the goal in mind to open up your own uh dealership maybe and you know in the future
2: you always have big goals and goals so um, but then things happen where you might find another trend that might be more fun more profitable also.
0: Or something that you enjoy, have a passion in? Correct. Okay, gotcha. And that was when, so, and you said that was when you were in 1920s, you were, you were yep. running this networking yep. of Correct. the cars and, yep. okay. So so did you pursue that any farther or did you get into something else? Uh,
2: shortly after that, I managed an, uh, J&J oil company for a family member for a couple of years. That was in 91, 92, 93. And then come '94, uh, there was the boom business in cigars, and that's where I took my a lot of my interest to research cigars and study cigars, and something I had a vision for doing something very unique. So that started in 1994.
0: 1994. Okay. So when you had the vision of cigars. Because the the internet wasn't super huge at that time, right? There was no just like look up like didn't exist. It didn't exist. Yeah, you couldn't just look up, you know, what is popular right now. So how did you even know to start this cigar business?
2: Well, remember in the early nineties, n- not just the internet didn't exist, and there's no such a thing called social media, right? So I would go, for example, um, buy magazines. I would do a lot of research, a lot of reading. We had computers, mm-hmm. so but. You know, would go to the library, for example, and, and search business, search um, what's the trend, why. As we know in the United States, we have an embargo that started in 1962 with, with uh, Cuba, so therefore we can't have Cuban product here. Okay. So it was very interesting to see that trend, that the number one product demand in the world can enter the market, so therefore there had to be another product comes from countries like, for example, uh, Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, Honduras, Costa Rica, Peru.
0: So you couldn't get cigars from Cuba?
2: Nope, it was illegal, still illegal till still,
0: today. Still, still illegal uh, to, get, yep. to uh, get cigars. But are there ways around that? I mean, can can the Cubans send the cigars to the Dominican and the Dominicans send the cigars they to t- the U.S.? They do
2: a lot of that stuff, but you know, it's playing with the fire because still considered illegal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So.
0: so you had this vision, you had this passion for cigars, you found out there's a big boom how did you then act did you open up your own store did you start not like did you start helping someone else with their store
2: nope i actually what i did i uh, located uh, a location and i laid the foundation basically i went with my gut feelings and i started and i had a vision you gotta have a vision anytime you want to do something you gotta have a vision and you gotta have phases of that vision so the first vision was okay i see there's a demand and when they say you you build it, they come. That's true, but also you, it's 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 you gotta go with your gut feelings. That's the key. That's the okay. number one advice I give anybody when they get into a business. There was a huge demand. There was uh, a big concept. There was, uh, but you had to go to a market that what I would call a virgin market or a raw market. So I, w- I went outside the big cities, and I created my own in a way we created uh, in an area that. It wasn't pop, wasn't popular, let's say, and the rest was history.
0: Did you have partners when you started or was it just at all first years?
2: actually what I did, I kinda brought in somebody that I wanted to help develop to a business, but he had no business skills. So it was a short lived and uh, again, everything you do it costs money. So there was a big cost to that, which is it was devastating because the money that it cost to do that, it could have crippled the business at early stages at the early stages you know
0: how did you so did you save all this money from working and then that's
2: where you funded it or how did you or did you go get loans or how did you nope we funded it at a very small uh you know we had a um, about ten thousand dollar which is at that time probably to a lot of people a lot of money but it was nothing technically to start a huge business it's not a lot you know but as we moved on as we started you know you gotta put a sign you gotta put a inventory you gotta put a cash register you gotta put uh, furniture so adds up pretty pretty quick right
0: what was so for the cigar business what was your what's the biggest startup cost in the cigar business
2: obviously it will be your inventory inventory you know but we weren't there yet Mm -hmm. so um, so we had to take what we have and educate ourselves and it's not about what, what what you get to learn as time goes by is not What you're selling, or how much you're selling, it's more about. You must build a relationship with your consumer, because when you understand consumers and customers, the rest will follow. You know.
0: Definitely, yeah. So you just built relationships with certain people, and they kept coming back and coming back, and they were returning customers, basically.
2: Yep, I built. We built our business on concept called loyalty, Mm -hmm. and we add. Everybody want to be the best. They try to be the best, but we made sure we were the best because we were given a five-star service 24-7. Customer will not leave, not satisfied or happy, even if it ends up costing us being the negative. So we're all about building relationship. Was it
0: challenging to get the licensing, um, all the paperwork? You know, Was it
2: very challenging to get that? The people don't understand when you get involved in tobacco product or alcohol product, mm-hmm. you have multiple licenses, and every license costs a lot of money too. Mm-hmm. So, yes, correct. You have to have a lot, and you have to pay. And as a matter of fact, I take you back 1994, we were paying what they call OTP, other tobacco product, taxes on importing products. So we were importing Uh, our product at a cost of $0.32 on a dollar. $0.32 on the dollar. $0.32 on a dollar. Wow. And it had to be paid to the state within 30 days of your purchase. So that following month, for example, no matter what you buy, whether you sold it or not, you gave it away, you must pay your... Share because of 32 cents, that's just the state tax. Because you imported tax. that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's your tax, wow. that's your license. It's so.
0: impressive that you could still turn around and make a profit on that after you know paying 32% in taxes just to import the goods. That's amazing.
2: Well, you had to, again, you had to have a vision and you had to focus and you had to understand what consumer wants. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind also that in early 90, 1994 93, 95, there was no inventories. So what that means is, All the big stores, all the old stores, all these, these, they were taking the good inventory. So we had to start with the leftovers, but we had to find avenues that we buy a premium product at a premium price also. So our margin profit was very low. But again, you must build consumer Mm -hmm. uh, trend followers that you have it, you have it fresh, and you have it available when they want it. Did
0: you make a profit the first year of, of your business or were you so focused on you know building the reputation with the consumers were you giving away a lot i mean um wh- or what
2: was our first year you made a, b- a profit we didn't make a profit the first or two years I really uh, everything was going back in the business number one and you correct yes we give again more than anybody else we cared we wanted to make sure that the only way at the end of the day loyalty build on what you offer to your consumers uh back in our days, which is the good days, I think the nineties and maybe eighties, it's not what's today. Today is people are geared up toward who has the cheapest price.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. I mean you look at, you know, a lot of the stores and they're the vape stores, they're the you know, you don't see too many cigar stores because I just don't think people wanna pay that, you know, premium price like they used to. You know, there's not the demand. I mean, unless I'm wrong, do you think there's still a demand in cigars or do you think they're 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 more towards like vaping and, you know?
2: Well, cigars is in its its own category because the people who smoke cigars are very slim number, percentage mm-hmm. wise. If you look at the, the tobacco industry in general, it was you. At one time, the peak was like cigarettes, and then it went to roll your own, and then it went to now vaping, which is in uh, in our philosophy we don't get engaged much with it. Mm-hmm. Simp- we don't believe in it because simply because of all the chemicals, all. The whole business idea behind it is about uh, not caring and not, you know, uh, uh, sell, sell, sell and put anything and package it nice and sell it where cigars, it's, you know, there's a lot of work behind premium cigars we're talking about. We're not talking about machine-made. We're not talking about, we're talking about where you have family generation of 100 years plus, uh, the father, the mother, the the son, the grandson, the, the operating uh, generation of brands and and they put so much heart and effort and sweat to this product it's more of a trend it's more of a I would call it a fashion than anything else so
0: really yep. so do you think that vape you know because you see these trends and you' you're, you're very knowledgeable about the you know tobacco industry do you think that vaping is going to be another trend where you know it's it comes in and then it goes out and there's gonna be a new type of I method to-
2: I totally agree but I uh, personally uh, the concept of vaping I think it's unfortunately, it's geared toward market to kids under age. And that's the thing that we don't believe in. We believe in cigars for an adult, cigars, you know, someone that has a a career, a successful uh, going, and, you know, you go get together with your family, with your friend, with your partner. Yeah. Um, Like, for example, it's a trend, like when you have a baby, you end up giving away a premium cigar as a token to, you know, sharing, you know, uh, a new child in a the family. They so usually wrap in their blue yeah. or red, yes. right? But, or but pink. Yes. But but cigars are a little bit different. I speak on my, you know, I, I, I daily visit to the gym, for example. I've been, uh, you know, I can go up for an hour, two hours on a treadmill, which is, I know, from seeing people smoke cigarettes, mm-hmm. they can even last five minutes. So I'm not saying it's a healthy trend. Oh, yeah. No, it's but, awful. But, but it's everything moderation. But cigars yeah. is completely different than anything yeah. else
0: because well, you don't you don't actually inhale the cigar, do you?
2: You're not supposed to,
0: right? You just kind of so it's more of just yeah, you're right, just like a social thing, and you know, you're having you go out with your friends and you have a cigar and you yep. play some chess or, or you play you know whatever poker, you play dominoes, Dom- you play, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah. And, and another thing about cigars, I could go thirty days. Uh, I have a, 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 a like once a year, I do fasting for a whole month, and then during that month, you give up some of your favorite things, such as whether it's cigarettes, cigars, or, like, dessert or something. Mm-hmm. So I can go last 30 days without having a single cigar, and that's a testament to where I know people smoke cigarettes. They can't. It's very they can't. difficult. Now, the minute they, they, they get a drink or food, they, they probably they reach out to the cigarettes before anything else. Which is yeah. kind of sad.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an addiction, and that's what they want. You know, the people who develop these products definitely want to get you hooked on it. You know, and you're right, they're gonna make it as cheap as possible, and they're just gonna, you know, start you at the youngest age possible because they wanna make it as much money as they can. And, uh, yeah, that definitely is very sad. Um, and that's one thing where you said, you know, that differentiates cigars and cigarettes and vaping and all these different cigar, uh, tobacco products. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like it's it's like to me it's like when is the ne- when is this trend going to stop where, you know, people stop the vaping and is, it, is there going to be another product out there? And well, I think I'm there sure probably will be. be, right?
2: I'm sure it will be, but when we focus is our core target and goal is building relationship. You know, you go to school, you get get to learn math and get to look uh, business, but nothing like being on the street, being among your colleagues and your customers and your friends and and demonstrate the passion you ha- your passion you have for business because it's number one building relationship you got to work hard you got to understand your product you got to understand consumer you got to calculate uh, everything there's a lot of risk in everything you do mm-hmm. but if you are loyal and you are passionate and you put the time and effort you will be rewarded with success
0: okay did you I have a question. Have you ever um, worked your traditional nine-to-five job?
2: I don't think I did. I did for a short period where I helped. I was always, at a young age, I want to help people. So I would ask to do this project or this project. And for me, it was, I tried those nine-to-five to to literally, my goal is to learn another side of something I'm not familiar with. Mm -hmm. And it's not whether I'm... I didn't like it, or I just, it did not give me the leverage to go beyond. I feel my brain operate at a different level, typical people. Therefore, I'm, I feel like you're, you get limited.
0: Did you get very bored working the- I know, never f- get pe- bored.
2: I never get bored, because I'm learning. I'm learning their mistakes, I'm learning why people stick in those positions. Mm-hmm. They just, you gotta have passion, you gotta have dream, you have to have goals, and the only way you can execute those goals, you gotta go beyond the norm. You gotta challenge yourself. You gotta push yourself.
0: Do you do you believe that you have a growth mindset, where you know you just want to keep going and keep progressing, and keep moving up?
2: It never stops. So that's why I don't sleep. Yeah. So for
0: people who are kind of stuck and they feel like you're in this spot where it's like you're not moving, what's your advice to them to you know get be motivated, grow, you know their mind their mind running? How do you you know? Do you have any advice about that?
2: What the cigar business? I did for me in my 25 years plus. I connected with very entrepreneur peoples, and every time I sit with one of them, I am learning. That's why for me, going, it's more of a uh, not a job. I'm going to have fun. Yeah, to just build, like build just, connections. Just like Michael Jordan, I think he loved the game of basketball. He, it's not a job when you're getting paid $100 million, he's having fun. So I feel the same. You know, I'm building relationship. I'm learning from the best, and I keep developing. So for for the people don't understand or don't know where to go, the next step is first you gotta pause. You gotta look at what you're doing today, and you have a constraint somewhere. What's stopping you? What's slowing you? For example, right? Mm-hmm. And then you you gotta create. You, you, you must create goals. It doesn't matter what the goal is. The goal is you wanna make 10 more in the next six months. Mm-hmm. How? Right. Then you got to look, what are you good at? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, there are certain people good at sales. Other people good at network. Other people good at like uh, social media. So Mm -hmm. and you got to surround yourself by good talent or good people that's going to push you. That's going to ask the best of you. That's you have to surround yourself with people that like you want to be successful. You got to go hang with people are success.
0: Yeah, I agree with that um can you uh do you mind sharing like um i guess like what your most profitable year was you know how much you're spending on cigars you know can you share a little bit like some events maybe can you share some stuff like that absolutely
2: first um in the early 90s i had the number one company come to me in 1994 to be exact um the rep walks in my store looks around and again, the market was hot. They couldn't have even supply to, to to, provi- to provide to any new consumer. He would tap me on my shoulder, and said uh, exact words, "Son, go do something else." That was ninety four. I would say three years later, four years later, Mac, we were the number one dealer in our state. Wow. Um, we had a lot of accomplishment. We had a lot of uh, celebrity go through the door. A um, lot of affiliation with like. Uh, Uh, George Hamilton the actor uh, Vinnie Pastor from The Soprano Mm. known as Big Pussy Uh, we have (laughs) we have uh, legends from the cigar industry that you see in magazines Uh, the son of Monte Cristo dear friend of mine till today Senor Benji Menendez his father invented the Monte Cristo brand I'm still in contact with him Um, every level of the business that I went right to the top the owner founder the blender and oh. i would spend time and days with them learning the techniques wow
0: so so I, it, was, it was all learning for you then it's uh, do it till today do it till today
2: you can't stop learning
0: wow so uh i guess what was your what was your um if you remember what was your most profitable cigar or like you know the most expensive cigar you ever sold i guess those are probably two different questions
2: no well the most cigar we sold we had uh, multiple times we had a hundred dollar per stick which is not easy to sell a hundred dollar cigars i'm not going to sit down and tell you it's that easy Mm -hmm. but we made it look easy so we did it wow what what Uh, kind of person was coming and buying a hundred dollar (laughs) cigar if i tell you right now you're gonna laugh the people that bought the cigar went from a a typical truck driver truck driver truck driver or a multi-millionaire uh, friend, customer that's involved in real estate and uh, other businesses. So uh, we had the ability in our operation to reach to vast, again, we laid the foundation. Everybody treated like they are celebrities. That's our model. That's why, that's why people are comfortable, you know. So when you introduce something to them, and we always reward them because it's not easy to do. You know, for somebody to spend $100 you cigar, I mean,
0: yeah, that's, you that's know. crazy. I, you know. So
2: my, I'm always rewarding s- certain uh, people because I want to show appreciation as well. But I wanted to test, can I can we do it? Yeah. And we did it, you know. it well, for you guys. And the Buick Open, we sponsored Buick Open from the late 90s till the last year because, you know, with the bankruptcy of GM, 2008 was the last year for Buick Open. Mm-hmm. So that's one of uh, uh, high stage, high standard, like operation we had, you know um you know tiger wood when you say tiger wood's coming you see thousands and thousands of people every day and you got to cater to the consumer and you have to be ready did you meet tiger wood uh, we were supposed to but we because we have affiliations through the Buick open we had the, we had set up the Buick open room at Warwick Hills and numerous time I'll be there and he will be walking in with his guard like security and so not one on one because i don't think tiger but you saw him there Yeah, the, well, numerous time you know wow so. That's neat, yeah. you know. To
0: be able to be cl- because close to someone like that is like, you know, not a lot of people get the opportunity, and to, you know, be able to sponsor an event like that is pretty, uh, pretty special.
2: And we also we were the, one of the proudest thing we've done on our operation. Actually, we were very generous to our foundations that we support local a lot of charities. That's one thing that we were. I mean, there's not a day or a week or a month goes by we're not donating out of our own hard earned money to you know, we like support our local charities, and we don't just do like what everybody like. Some people, would, mm-hmm. we we went beyond. Do you think that's key to a successful business donating? I'll be very honest with you. We personally, I never look at the revenue or return. As a matter of fact, I don't think it return much because we believe we are we ought to do it. We have to do it whether there's a return or not. You know. So,
0: okay. So you just that's great. Um, did you have any? Did you have any uh, customers that caused issues for you? Was there any like hiccups in your business that were just
2: really, really every, hard to overcome? Every day you have a hiccup. Every day. Yes. You got to understand when the internet started. The internet was built on um, product you buy at a very cost operation. So you have somebody sitting in a warehouse somewhere selling this product, where we are sitting, we have staff we have insurance we have cost overhead not to mention the 32 percent taxes where other state has zero taxes wow so that infiltrated to our profit mm-hmm. and people come and so yes you'll have issue every day you gotta be calm you gotta be uh understand what the customer's issues and you gotta work with it um pr- before i i i had a philosophy that i don't recommend for anybody today I want to please everybody, and that's you'll read a lot of successful people say that is the hardest thing anyone can do. And I tell you what, it was extremely difficult. But I wanted to be the best, and by being the best, I want to offer whatever it takes to please somebody. But you're always gonna have a consumers, unfortunately, that um, will be happy. Don't understand. I think uh, the product or don't understand, like you talk about eBay. I hear you guys all the time talk about eBay, and I've dealt mm-hmm. with eBay numerous times. Mm-hmm. You know, eBay, when when a, a, a customer apply a bid on a product, they want to get the cheapest price. They don't understand that you might buy something for $25, which is cheap, but that someone just bought $30 in shipping and handling. Exactly. So the concept that people don't care, mm-hmm. you know, and they already get a great buy, then they want to send you, hey, can you uh, throw this or do that? Or you know, I've seen it so so many times, and and not to mention also the lack of not motivation and the product service. Also, there's a lot of counterfeit out there. So consumer mix uh, the demand slash the customer service. So if you focus on understanding your customers,
0: you will be very successful. So you think that's that's the advice for today? Understand your customers.
2: Understand your customers, and you must understand your bottom line. You have a product. You must generate a return on that money. Okay. Worst case scenario, to please a customer, perhaps you can do a, a, a bonus, a discount or something. But uh, when somebody's starting something new, uh, you must watch your bottom line.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we have people on eBay, you know, where they'll... It's kind of funny. There's a couple of people who, they would send us, you know, the product that they wanted to buy on eBay, right? Like, say it was like a bag of M&Ms. They would then go to the store, find it, take a picture of it, send us a price, and then say, why aren't you charging this price for it? And, you know, I laugh because it's like okay, you go, I don't, you know, actually say you go and do it. I, you know, I want to, but you know, yeah, take a $4 bag of M&Ms, $3, whatever, and try to sell it for $3. You're going to lose tons of money because you got to pay for shipping. And, you know, we already went over it. You got to pay for tons of stuff. I think people just don't understand, you know, like in your case, the 32% tax, they don't understand what really goes into that item.
2: What I would say to that person, once you get in those shoes, 11 size shoes you understand how difficult it is yeah no definitely you you gotta get in the car you gotta go to the store Mm -hmm. you gotta pay the electricity you gotta pay your rent you gotta pay your insurance yeah so it's easy for somebody to go take a picture Mm -hmm. and send it to someone saying why are you getting this but how often do you receive such a thing when you get rewarded with so many positive feeds exactly that people buying tens of items daily yeah and uh seeing you guys loading up 30 40 50 cases sometimes and and you know so yeah like a wise man told me once one monkey don't stop no show
0: (laughs) you know there's some truth to that though it's like you get you know if you have a hundred people And, you know, three of those people aren't happy. The majority is happy. You know, you try to, you know, you try to minimize that. Um, The number of people who are unhappy, but it's like you said, you got to understand your customer. You can't please everybody. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And if you go into the business trying to please people, you're probably going to fail, you know, please, or at least pleasing everyone. So I guess, did you have any haters or people who told you you weren't going to make it? You weren't going to be anything. You weren't going to, you know, be able to start a cigar business. And how did you, because obviously you didn't listen to them because you were super successful. How did you do that?
2: I'll tell you a true story. 1994. I didn't know this person existed in the area. I got a message from a customer. I'll give him six months. That's 1994. That same person in late 90s sold his business, moved to a different city. So it doesn't mean anything. But when you last for decades, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't understand, you know, when people at the bar... People partying. We are planning our next move. We Mm -hmm. work eight days a week. We go home, we get on our computer, we're plotting, we're planning, you know, and you always have to think about the next move because if you don't go for the next move, you're gonna die. So you must keep moving, you must keep challenging yourself, you must change. Time change, you must change with it. That's why you look at the uh, companies such as uh, Kodak. Kodak, back in the day, when you talk about cameras and films, they were t- the number one in the world, and they don't even, you don't barely hear that name because they didn't catch up with the digital and all the social media and stuff, and uh, they didn't follow through. So that's why they're obsolete now. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, no, I remember um, Kodak used to be huge, So you think, you know, as a business person, you just got to follow those trends and always keep, you know, a foot ahead of everyone, everybody else, basically. You have to. You have to.
2: Don't, don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. That's what, that's what I learned. Don't, don't try to get pretty and make something out of nothing. Just work what we do. You have tweak it a little bit, listen to the consumer, see what the trends are and just give them what they want and they'll follow. They'll come through. So, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, are you still pursuing you know the cigar business? Are you still um, active with that, or we do you have do other business ventures uh, that you do
2: consulting still? Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, we have a couple of avenues recently out of, out of the country, even that uh, we are doing consulting for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in business, you could never go back because it's endless uh, demand, there's so much to do. The real estate right now is it's the hottest uh. Market in the world right now, being in real estate,
0: you're also a real estate agent, correct? Correct. <clears throat> and so, how how was that process for you? Was that um, challenging, or do you really find that you, are, you know, do you really love real estate?
2: It's not loving real estate. I love building relationship, networking, mm-hmm. and business. So whether I'm the uh, uh, selling a product, or vending, or cigars, or housing, it's all is the same concept. You must be focused, and you know your consumer, because it's a big trend right now. I mean, there's no, the market is hot. There's no inventory, and you gotta try to to go around and figure how you can find customers, and they'll find you. Yeah, they'll find you
0: definitely. Do you have a, uh, you know, past customers that you that you built a relationship with that you're now, you know, take uh, combining your real estate, you know, experience in that.
2: I can tell you, I have customers from 1994 that today, are they partners with me in projects. Wow. So I do stay in contact with a lot of my customers and my friends. Uh, there's not a holiday goes by. I don't reach out to them by a phone call or a text. You must always stay in touch with people. Doesn't have to be always about trying to sell something. I've never used that concept myself. hmm It'll follow. It'll come through. That's not, you know, you just got to stay real with people.
0: How do, you, how do you build these relationships with your customers? Are you just a very personable human being? You know, are you very charismatic? Or do you think there's, do you use some system to, you know, get, gain the relationships with you, your customers? You got to be
2: Jay. No. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you got to be true with yourself. You have to be yourself. Uh-huh. You know, people don't want to hear a story. They're there for a reason. They want to be entertained. It's an entertainment when you think about it. When somebody comes sit on your couch watching the, the number one team in the world, University of Michigan football playing, they want to be entertained. <laughs> they want to be listened. They have issues at home. They have issues at work, and and then I become a doctor to them. You know, like uh, you know, they want to open up to you. So you gotta yeah. give them your time, and okay. that's how relationship is built. Okay, you must be a listener. You know, I, often people say you always quiet. You don't say much because I'm 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 typing. I'm 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 registering what I just listen and 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 I may not make a move immediately, but trust me. So I, listen more I'll, than you speak. I'll, I'll reach out to that person later and and uh, and I will offer my service of I'm here. I'm listening. It's not about always money and sales. Mm-hmm. You know, you you gotta be genuine with people.
0: So your incentives are you know truly like. You know, being a, a good person, and you're not in it for anything, really.
2: You have to be honest with them and yourself, mm-hmm. and the rest will come through. That's sales. The last thing on my mind.
0: Gotcha. Well, do you have any questions, bro? You wanna you wanna ask Jay? I
1: don't know, bro. You kind of covered everything that I. Think. Wow, I think this podcast yeah. has been
0: amazing. I think um, yeah. our viewers no. are gonna be, you know, astounded by the information that Scott. And they might have to listen to it a couple different times because there's a lot of good things in this podcast. No, most definitely. Um, I'm trying to think if we cover everything. I think we most things on my list here we covered. So, um, um I no guess
1: fa- maybe you could ask Jay what he's planning for the
2: future.
0: Yeah, what's your uh, plans? You know, for I guess give us your one-year plan, five-year plan, and a ten-year plan.
2: It all started with the past. I always think about tomorrow, next year, and next. So if I want to look at about, there's no such a thing one year plan because that doesn't happen that quick. But a five year plan, we're looking to be a part of the million dollar club in real estate. That's the that's a short sight. Um, we have other project actually we're working on um, launching new market. And when I say new market, not in the United States, going international, going global. Hopefully that's that's been a, a project of ours since 1998. Wow. So for people who are listening, it <laughs> doesn't happen because you got pretty blue eyes and it, sometimes it takes time, but don't give up on your dream. Mm-hmm. Don't give up on your goals. You know, I had mentors. My first mentor was my parents because I come from a family background that owned demolition company, and my father was so great at it, And but he works 24-7, 365. So I had a great mother also that got me to where I'm at and then I follow great leaders and I'm surrounded by great family members right now that everyday they, they tell me and they share with me a, you know things gonna get better things gonna be great and, and it will be great and you're the one who's gonna determine how great you will be just don't give up don't slow down uh, set goals set big goals people sometimes don't go far because they just wanna make a few hundred dollars more or no, you gotta set big goals. You gotta dream big. Don't mm-hmm. stop dreaming. Continue to dream. That's that's my goal. I, I had a great life. I still have an amazing life, but I have an amazing life because of the people in my life. That's what my makes my life so blessing and so special is I can pick up the phone and I gotta a hundred, two hundred thousand people who listen to me. That's the blessings.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, it's like you said, you know, you set that up through networking and through socializing and not just being in it for, you know, money. You're not just in it for, you know, to get something out of someone, but you really, you know, like you said, you listen to people, you know, you create a social, um, you just create, you know, very socially good at making connections, I guess, you know,
2: you have to, you have to be right. Yeah. And you gotta be cool and stay in school. Yeah. (laughs) You must go to college. You think so? Even If you don't like college, you must learn the basics. If you don't know how to balance your financial, your calendar, those basic things in life that people don't understand, you'll never be successful.
0: Okay. So you think college is a necessity?
2: It's, it's a good foundation. You know, it's a good... Uh, all these billionaires that left school, they've had a foundation still from, you know, all of them. They've had mm-hmm. a foundation, high school, parents, a mentor, college... I'm not saying college degree uh, is the answer, but few years, I think, in college and an intern. I think that's another thing. I, w- I got offered to intern the biggest company on earth, and I turned down, and I was in my early 20s, and I was making so much money, so therefore um, I, now I'm looking at it, I wish I would have done it because I think I would have done things much more successful. Maybe I would have probably ran that company today. I don't know about mm-hmm. You know, but you must keep your eyes open and and push yourself. Where did you go to college? I started my actually I graduated high school in Kuwait. Then I attended American University of Beirut for a short time period of time. Then I came to California. You know, and okay. from California I had a short career. Uh-huh. For a lot of people who don't know, I actually had an uncle lives in California that we had to get acceptance get a visa so uh, I was admitted at uh, this wonderful school called Compton College <laughs> never wow. ne- never heard of it till I got here so <laughs> and it was short visit due to the fact of the where it's located at and then from there uh, we we actually moved to Michigan and I attended some colleges here mm-hmm. in uh, in Dearborn Henry Ford and but I was so involved in business and I and and I liked that business I I had I have enough foundation that I felt I can, you know. And when the opportunity presents itself, that's another thing. You must jump and grab it.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So what what brought you to Michigan? Out of You know, you were in California, the, the, sunsh- the Sunshine State, or is that Florida? Anyways, California is beautiful. So, you know, what what drew you from California to Michigan?
2: Well, the number one reason, because when I was here, I was just, like I said, I was, uh, my family were paying for everything. And when it happened in Kuwait, my father... I lost contact with my family for almost a year, so therefore mm-hmm. I had to find an alternative uh, way to come and continue my education, and I came here. I have family in Dearborn. Okay. My uncle, I had a wonderful uncle and aunt and cousins that uh, I stayed with, and from there I moved to Ann Arbor, and the rest is history.
0: Wow. So you've definitely had a crazy life, you know, that not everybody gets to experience. You know, you... Moved when you're 18. You moved again. You started up businesses. You know, you've done some amazing things, like very inspirational. And uh, I think you got a lot to talk about. And uh, I think our viewers are going to be very, you know, pleased to hear that you were on today. And I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted you back another day to hear more. So, you know, I appreciate all you said. Um, Do any more questions for Jay? Because I think we covered (coughs) uh, just about everything we had for you. Yeah, I think we got everything covered. Yeah, well, we say. you know we
2: appreciate. Is there anything else you want to uh, talk about? Just have you people call my people. I'll come again anytime. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, we'll okay. consult.
0: We'll, we'll consult with their managers. Well, I appreciate you coming on.
2: We both really do. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, I'm watching guys grow from little boys to boys to young men to um, successful entrepreneurs, uh, <laughs> and right. I will tell you how proud I am because we watch appreciate you guys that. every day, and uh, you know that's uh, that's a blessing to see that. And for everybody listening out there, anybody could be Uriah and Elijah.
0: We appreciate it a lot. It means
1: a lot to
2: it us. It does. Thank you, Jay.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. And
1: uh, before we end the podcast, yeah. I I know Uriah doesn't like to shout himself out too much, but he just did something this past week when we were on the podcast uh, that was pretty big in his life. Pretty yeah. exciting that I don't think you guys know about.
0: Yeah, I uh, I committed to a college. Um, I committed to uh, Lansing community college for two years. I'm going to, I'm going to be running there as well. Mm-hmm. How and much I'm do you have to pay to go there? Zero dollars. Got it debt free. That's what I've been saying. I, I mean, I said, I'm not going to go to college unless it's, d- unless I have to pay nothing for it. Mm-hmm. So I did it. So you did it. I did it. Yeah. I'm going to be starting And you get to run. Get, get to run, man. Business. Yep. Get to keep doing these podcasts and keep talking to you guys about everything and super stoked.
2: But the r- But you got to share with your members how you earned that scholarship.
0: Well, so two different things. I would have gotten it no matter what because the school I go to is an inner-city school. And um, so the criteria is you had to be at that school for four years and you got school paid for. I mean, it was at Lansing Community College. I think you got like 10000 to go to Michigan State. Um, so that was one way I got it. The other way is I would have gotten a full ride from uh, athletic scholarships. Track and cross-country are my sports. So, um, you know, those are two things. If you are gifted... And you are, you know, hardworking and you can do sports, I recommend doing sports because it, you know, the pot, the there's endless opportunities out there for you. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just getting your your college debt paid for and it's you know, really gonna set you up in life to for a lot of a lot more opportunities in my opinion.
2: Most definitely. The reason you earned it though, because you decided you wanted to do that. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, we watched you for years you want to break this number and the mm-hmm. next number and the next number and the following number, no matter how cold, how wet. Yeah. You were there. You were in pain. You were starving. You're always starving as a matter of always fact.
0: Always starving. I mean, I'm 18. Yeah. So I mean, so I think, I think <laughs> all 18 it's boys are starving
2: for everybody to know that anybody can do it. You got to study hard and he has a great GPA as well. Uh, go yeah. with the athletics. So well, great personality. And, uh, We're all blessed to have you and have that future looking bright. It's
0: like you said, you know, you surround yourself with successful people, you know, motivating people. Everyone I surround myself in my life, you know, is very positive. You know, they're never, you know, going to hate on others for success. A lot of people want to hate on each other for succeeding. And I think that's, you know, one of the stupidest things. You know, if a buddy of yours, if... If anybody, even a stranger does good at something, why would you hate on that? Mm-hmm. You know, unless they're a bad person, unless they're using the money or doing whatever and, you know, you know, doing something negative. Why would you, you know, hate on that person? So I surround myself with the successful people, with positive people and, you know, good family. That's just how, you know, that's what I, I I give all the, um, you know, I give all the credit to. So. Anyways, right. we appreciate you guys tuning in. And I hope you have an amazing week. And uh, I think that's going to wrap up this podcast. It's number 10 or 11.
1: This is number 10.
0: Number 10's in the books, guys. So thanks for listening again. And uh, we will see you next weekend. We're not going to miss it. We're saying it right now. We're not going to miss it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Yep, take care.